Hey, I'm Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, and I'm fiercely passionate about helping you become an empowered woman. As a life coach, author, pastor, emotional and spiritual wellness advocate, I'm here to help you realize your true dreams, craft your master plan, and coach you to fulfill it with ferocious execution. As a survivor of childhood trauma, I know what it takes to overcome obstacles, fears, and insecurities, and I'm here to help you do the same. But I don't do it alone. I bring the sisterhood on to share their journey in this mad voyage called life so that you can glean from the boldest, bravest, and grittiest adventurous who are living out their dreams. Join us. Today's show is sure to change your life. So stay tuned because it's time to join the Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, John Scott Damon. Radio. It's time to join Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your Freedom Coach, Don Scott Damon. Hey, Don, it is that time again. We're on Freedom Girls Sisterhood podcast every Monday, broadcasting to whosoever will. Yes. And How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you. We are getting so spoiled with beautiful weather. And I need to see need to tell people that when we talk about the weather in Grand Rapids, Michigan, we sincerely mean it. This is a deep, meaningful conversation because we, we never get good weather. So um, we're blessed. I got the sunshine coming in through the window. Yeah. We had a fabulous weekend at Tribes Church and uh, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm sitting here too. Just beautiful. It's so gorgeous. Um, the sun, you know, outside, you know me, so it, it speaks to me deeply. Yes. So I'm uh, trying to get out there as much as possible and just like soak in the sun, literally just stand out there in the sun, head back, you know, and just soaking it in. Oh yeah. Because the birds are so busy. They have so much to tell me, the birds, <laughs> they are so busy, you know, mm -hmm. they're just like, after the weekend, they're always like excited to talk to me. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love that's, it. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, good. I'm yeah, so, so glad. You know, there are there are a lot of things going on uh around in, in your life and mine both and and we both talk to a lot of people, especially you, mm -hmm. the platform of, you know, as a speaker and author and then as a pastor. Um, wife and mother and grandmother and all that. And so there's many relationships um in your life and mine. And, um, you know, I found recently that I'm hearing a lot about some really, really unhealthy things going on in Christian relationships. I mean, just let mm -hmm. alone in the world, but mm -hmm. among brothers and sisters that we know probably, and um, at least that I know. And, and even right. um, I've had some of that in my own life, you know, myself. And so uh, I think, you know, if you want to talk about like, you know, toxic relationships, what is a good one? What's not a good one? Mm -hmm. What's a toxic person? I mean, mm -hmm. mm. how much an investment should we, should we, and I don't like to should, you know, but, but seriously, yes. as a Christian, personally speaking for myself, not you, I'm not shooting on you, yes. me, <laughs> what should I be investing in people who cannot, don't seem to have the ability to mm -hmm. be, less myopic and less self-centered and just not invested. You know, there's no return really. There's not a, there's no symbiosis. There's no, mm -hmm. you know, that whole buddy system thing about, 
you know, yeah. the scuba diver, you run out of oxygen, they give you theirs to breathe. You, you breathe my air if you need it. There's none of that. They're like, sorry, hope you get some breath. So, you know, <laughs> hope you get some air. See you in it's heaven. Like, hope you do well. <laughs> it's almost, in my experience, it's almost borderline narcissism. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, you're bringing up so many issues there. You said a whole lot just already in that, that opening statement. But, you know, the thing is, first of all, let's just state that uh, toxic people are broken people. They've right. developed coping strategies. It's a pattern of their flesh, if you will, the carnal life that they're living out of. They, they haven't completely allowed Christ to renew their mind and renew their heart. And it's immature. It's baby Christians sometimes. And you know what? Hey, when I talk about that, we can get stuck as a baby Christian for a long, long, long time. The Holy Spirit wants to mature us and he wants to strengthen our faith and grow us in Jesus. But the reality is, is that we have to cooperate with that growth. And so many Christians, you know, they give their life to Christ. They say the prayer, they say they're believers, and maybe they even attend church, but they're not willing to yield and submit to the deeper work of the Spirit of God to grow. And, um, you know, when you, when you allow yourself to go through the fire, if you will, the cleansing, the maturing process of God, when you think about the Israelites that were brought out of bondage, that's a picture of sin in the world, but then they had to go through the wilderness. So, yeah. in, you know, when they were in bondage and sin, they cried out to a God and they met their deliverer. But when they went through the desert, they were introduced to themselves and uh you know when we go through That's the wilderness true. yeah right we get we get introduced to ourselves when we go through stress and if we don't want to meet the inner person if we don't really want the revelation of who we are and where we're at in life and how we might have developed some coping strategies and skills that got us through that season of being in the world and maybe being wounded if we like that and we want to cling to that and we want to cherish that sadly we will are we will remain stunted and after a while when people reach to you and they want to help you and they offer some assistance and some mentoring or discipleship and you resist 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 then you become toxic and i think a toxic person is characterized by someone who well i think there is narcissism extreme pride a lack of uh, a lack of empathy. I can't feel for you. I can only see how it affects me and how I feel and what it means to me. And a person who, yeah, clearly is very immature, not just immature spiritually, but just even in in life in general. And so they're emotionally right. immature. And. Um, and you know, you'll know that you're in a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a love relationship, you'll know that it's toxic if you have a person who literally cannot feel what you're feeling, they cannot listen to you, and you feel like this relationship is draining you of energy, of love, of joy, and it's really high maintenance. Like you've got to constantly be massaging it and working it and maintaining it for even to have some semblance of normal, let alone, you know, 
a flourishing, thriving, enjoyable relationship with, with someone. Right. And I've noticed that after even all the attempts to make it all right, just calm the other person or make it all better, there's rarely a payoff. There's not really sustainable. No. Right. No. So, yeah. And what, uh, when, so, you, when you say it's, there's rarely a payoff, so we're thinking the same thing. Like, it's not sustainable. It doesn't last, and, and you don't get credit for trying to be a good friend. No, not at all. It's not even seen. You know, it's unheard. you're unseen and unheard, the other person. It seems, anyway. It right. feels that way. So and, you're, and, and, you're there to serve the needs of the toxic person. And so when you're in a relationship that's healthy, your self-esteem grows, people are building you, you are known, you know, and are known. And it feels like you share control. You know, there's a balance in decision-making. Okay. But when you're in a toxic relationship, you're tiptoeing around, you're walking on eggshells, you're, you're giving that person what they want on a regular basis so that you don't have a flare up or, you know, a fallout. And so you find yourself, you can't really be true to who you really are. You're hiding your core person and you're really uh, acquiescing to the person who then it really, they have all the control. They have all the dominance right. because they're holding all the cards. Okay. So kind of in a nutshell, a toxic relationship can be characterized by like, um, insecurity, self-centeredness, mm -hmm. dominance, control, right? Mm -hmm. And a right. little bit of a little bit of the narcissism. Well, all that kind of is narcissist. Narcissists right. just like a lot, a level up, or you know, a lot of levels up. But, but okay. So, does the Bible speak to toxic relationships? Ooh, does the Bible speak to, well, yes, um, the Bible will talk about in the New Testament, the epistles. I mean, you will see stories throughout the Old Testament of people who were very toxic in relationships, but the Bible will speak to it in ways about um, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Think about the other person first, the golden rule, love your neighbor as yourself. The right. Bible will talk about not being selfish or it'll talk about um, don't repay evil for evil. Some of those things where you see the character that we should possess as Christians, the character that we are to have in relationships, it doesn't always speak about toxicity and friendships. But the Bible very clearly gives a pattern of what a mature follower of Jesus Christ should look like. And we should be known by our love and our selflessness. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it would make sense that God doesn't really want us to be surrounding ourselves with people who are constantly tearing us down and speaking negative, aren't speaking life, aren't life givers. Right. right. It's like they suck the life out of you and you feel that energy i mean i know for me it is physically exhausting trying to do whatever it is you feel like you have to do to be in this relationship whatever relationship that might be you know um for me it's just regular friendships sometimes um in my past so it's like i don't feel it's not a fun like relaxed it's like it's always you know like oh dear what have i got to do to get out of this thing you know or what have i got to do to make it better always feeling like i have to try and make it better in some way and really, it doesn't make a difference. It's not the problem. Is not my trying to make it better. It's not no. the answer. 
In fact, the truth be known that the more that you try to make it better, the more that you, if I sing, if I dance, if I mourn, if I do fight, the more you do that, the more it actually feeds into the toxicity. It, it feeds the, um, what's Monster. the word? It, it, yeah, it feeds the monster for sure and the dysfunction of the relationship. So that's exactly what you, what you just described. If that characterizes a relationship that anyone who's listening or watching may be in, you may be in a relationship with a person who is toxic, i.e. a person who is wounded, perhaps has a personality disorder, a person who doesn't want to be fixed or a person who is so severely broken that they don't know how to be authentic and they leverage these strategies of manipulation to keep people in their life because they have a fear of abandonment. Um, how about if we give a few signs of what, what it is if you... Um, yeah, what does that look like to like if someone didn't know that, you know, what would that look like to someone? So, you know, we're, we're talking about it now. We're giving a lot of detail on it. But what one of the things that we're saying is if you're in a, a friendship or a relationship where it's all take and no give, that's a sign of a toxic, narcissistic relationship that everything is one-sided, right? This person, they don't know how to apologize. They don't know how to give. They don't know how to meet your needs. They only know how their needs need to be met. It's all gimme, 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 and nothing is reciprocal, as you mentioned in the beginning. Um, we said this a couple of times already. If you feel drained at the end of the day after being, if it is a friendship, after being with that person for the day or talking to that person, that's a good sign. If there has to be a crisis for the person to feel connected to you. In other words, you sense that there's an escalation of any situation so that there occurs some kind of argument because the friend oh, wow. or the partner That's might be addicted to the thrill that the argument brings and then the loving part of the cycle where it's the makeup cycle or, you know, attention giving. I, mm -hmm. right attention focused on yeah wow that's exactly that's <laughs> exactly uh, or a lack of trust not too long ago i was talking to someone and they're in a very toxic situation and every phone call that is made has to be facetimed so that the person can see where they are and who they're with and jealousy oh, is yes. predominant emotion in that relationship it's very toxic there's no freedom for that person so a lack of trust and well, that, and, and at times isn't, um, toxic relationships are really, really one-sided, right? I mean, there's just really all, it's really one-sided. It's that person's yes. point of view, the, the toxic person's point of view, their feelings, everything about them that matters more. Right. Everything. And I like what you you bring up about the opinion that, you know, you can't have a different opinion than they do and you can't express different desire. I'd like to go here. Or I'd like to do that. Everything, as we said, it's all give, give, give. And the toxic person is take, take, take. Yeah. So don't have your own opinion. Um, and that yeah. creates, a, uh, that creates such a hostile atmosphere. So sure does. you know, if you're well, in a, first of all, the person who's the other person, they don't get an expression. 
The other person does. They can express whatever they want, however they want to. The other person isn't doing that. They're tamping down. And that can blow, that can end up explosive, you know, at some point. Yeah, it's a, it's a real loss of self. When you're with a person who's toxic, you start to feel like you're losing yourself. And, and by that, I mean, you feel like you're not known. You feel abandoned, even though that person might be sitting there. You don't have a trust. You don't have an intimacy. You're not being fed or nourished. And it becomes a very lonely relationship. And like you said a moment ago, it's, it's occupied within balance. It's all for them, nothing for me. And so uh, you start to feel starved for true love or true relationship or true friend, a true friendship where you just want somebody to talk to and you don't mean to bust out your girlfriend or talk about them, but you're so hungry for somebody to hear you and to listen and to know you. And, and, and one other thing, well, a couple of other things, but one thing for sure, when you're in a toxic relationship, sometimes that can look like, remember the term gaslighting oh, yeah. or if yes. you're, if it's a male female relationship or a love relationship, the one partner may want to make you think you're crazy or tell you that you're crazy or that it's all in your own head or that it's your issue and you need to get yourself together. Right. And if you would right. stop making me mad, you're, you're the reason why we're fighting. It's right. your fault. So that's another, I mean, that's obvious, right? And yet it amazes me how many people, A, don't identify the fact that they are in a toxic relationship because they're just trying to fix it. And it's so codependent at times. And then B, if they do figure out, they don't do anything about it. They endure it for such a long time. It's really, really true. Really, really true. I know women who've done that, who've been in, marriages and relationships for a long time yeah doing the same thing over and over and over again and wanting different results right as we say and um you know it's sad especially if you're in a marriage because and a and a christian and a believer because we know that that you know the word talks about not divorcing and that god grieves over divorce and that he wants this marriage to work. But I would like to remind people that, you know, God grieves over many things and marriage cannot be a cloak and dagger. It cannot be a a smoke screen for an abusive relationship behind the scenes. You cannot get away with abusing one another and mistreating. Some of the most damaging words and actions and behaviors happen between married people that if you ever did that with a friend in the world or an employee or a coworker, you would be behind bars (laughs) or you would be fired, you know, but yet we get away with it in marriage. So You know, I say better to speak up and create all kinds of disruption in that marriage than to just sit back and let it happen. Let it kill you. Let it kill you. Mm -mm. No. Agreed. So. It's wise. I think you avoid those explosions later and they can take out a lot of people. (laughs) Right. You've been holding all that in for years and, um, because somebody won't let you speak and you accept that role that will, that will come back to haunt you and them later. Yes, for sure. And so much 
So, yep. Well, because it's it's just you're slowly. Both people in a toxic relationship are are imploding or being destroyed, if you will. It's unhealthy for both people. The the one person is enabling a toxic behavior. They're not keeping good boundaries and they're allowing themselves to erode bit by bit. And the it's not healthy for the other person because they're not be, being held accountable for their behavior. They're not getting set free. You know, Jesus wants to set us free from that kind of stuff, you know, and then heal the wound. I mean, let's go back and let's look what's really going on. You know, what, what happened? What loss was there in this person's life or what's the fear that, that they need to cling so um, aggressively and assertively to another partner? Why do they have to manipulate to feel like they can be truly loved? And really seriously, underneath all that stuff is it's, it's fear. You know, it's fear of the loss of the relationship and control and loss of all the things they think Mm -hmm. keeps them in that place. And I'm not sure what that even place can be identified as, except it must be fear of losing control I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I, would, things, I think it's, it's a complex thing. Right. But and and like you said, sure, yeah, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We know for sure the bottom line is that it's not the need that we have those, those places inside of us that we all have cannot be filled up by somebody else. Right. So for us to even give that job to my friend or to my husband or wife or friend, whatever, that's first of all, we're almost planning their failure for giving that job to them. They're not going to be able to do it. They can't do it. They can't right. fill those holes, not their job. So, you know, I think a lot of our, our toxic stuff comes out of our looking to be fixed. You know? Right. And, and like we said, you know, at the beginning of the, the program too, that, you know, toxicity, brokenness, dysfunction, it's, it, they're all words for sin and they're all words for doing something our way, the human way, instead of doing it God's way. And, you know, the Bible tells us in second Corinthians five seventeen that if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. That means you're a whole new kind of a person, you know, God had made you, he didn't just, you know, prop you up and put a few nails and some duct tape on you. God made you brand new. Right. (laughs) And yet what resurrects itself, what's still within us is the soul. So the spirit of us, we have been made alive in Christ. We're brand new. We have a new beginning, but within us is still the soul, the, the mind, the will, and the emotions. And that is being renewed. That's why God says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the soul that is on its journey to being saved. That's Sanctification. Good. And so that part right there. Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if we live out of that soul, if we live out of that stream, we have two sources of life within us now. When we're born again, we can live out of the spirit, which is pure and holy and redeemed and renewed. We can live out of this brokenness, which is the soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. If we live out of that, we're going to live out of our brokenness. 
kind of like pure water coming through rusty pipes, you know, gets polluted. And um, so now we've got those pipes got to be cleaned out. They've got to be purified. So Mm -hmm. this person who, who, yes, it's fear that the toxic person who never saw modeled how to be in a relationship that perhaps those that were raising them or caretaking for them or early on adolescence, that, that somehow this behavior served their purpose, that it worked and they got addicted to it. Somehow in childhood, they saw it modeled, they learned it, they saw that it worked, they tried it with some, some friends in school and they discovered, ah, because they're getting rewarded somehow. We don't keep doing behavior that doesn't reward us. Right. It meets some kind of need. Might not even be a noble need, but it's, it's meeting some kind of need. Or a known need. <laughs> they may not even know what it is they need. They, yeah, they don't even know, yeah. but they, yeah, they can feel it. I remember when I was in elementary school, man, I had to have been in second or third grade. Okay. And I had a girlfriend, this little girlfriend, and she lived on our street. And, um, oh, we had so much fun playing at recess and stuff. But for whatever reason, completely unbeknown to me. And I have a feeling now as I look back, it might've been that I talked to another little friend or I don't know, I have no idea really. But I would sense, I would be at my desk and I'd be working and I would sense that this little girl was looking at me. And so then I would turn my head and I would look and you know, I'd smile or wave and then she'd go, she would (laughs) close her eyes and turn her head. Like so obvious, like I am mad at you. And I want you to come no. crawling to me, yeah. apologize, and beg me for why are you mad? What did I do? What can I do? Are we going to still be seven friends? seven years old. Wow, huh? And over and over, over again within um, a matter of an hour and an afternoon that we were working at our desk. And at first mm-hmm. it would work because I don't know if you've ever done the Enneagram, but on the Enneagram, I am a three, which means I have a need or a desire to be loved by all, and I like to be liked. It's it's one of the one of the uh, driving factors of the number three, and I hate that at times. I don't like that I'm like that. My husband calls me a woo w o o, which means winning oh, yeah. others over, and so. I um, always find that even when I have to do the hard thing, it's like, I have to fire you today, but I still want you to like me when it's over, you know? <laughs> and uh, so it's hard. It's difficult because at first in my younger years, I would chase after someone who was manipulating or was very unhealthy in friendship. But now can I just tell you this? I don't do it. I do not do toxicity and I, I've not always handled it right, but I've handled it. I'm learning. Yes. I've learned how to do it, but I found out early in my, my life and my relationships that um, I will cut it off. And I, and I think right or wrong, I just think something not, I think because I was a woo and having been burned so many different times, I just learned that said, that's your issue. Mm-hmm. This is between you and God. I can't fix you. I'm not going to be a part of this. And so this is not healthy, but not everybody does that. And I'm not saying I do it right, but not everybody does that. And I feel bad for people who, who get caught up in it and maybe don't know what to do. That they can't even do that. Mm -hmm. I know people that don't even know they can do that. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, like it's permissible. Yeah. Again, like they, they don't even realize they have a choice. Mm -hmm. There is a choice. It's a hard choice. You know, it's not easy, but it's a choice. It is there. There is hope, right. <laughs> you know, and what I want to know. So these, some of these toxic people that I've experienced in my life and stuff, uh, if they're Christians, there has to be hope and healing. Mm -hmm. There has to be because there's God, you know? Yes. But what about in the relationship? Does that mean because you know that there's a possibility and that God is God and he can heal and restore? Do you just stay there? I mean, as a friend, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Certainly as friendship, you're not required to do much. Marriage is different, I think. Yeah. But, um, but as a friend, I can love you from afar. We had this conversation recently about a toxic relationship and, and, and about, you know, I can love you from afar and I do and I pray for you. I want you to be whole and well. I don't want to be sucked into your stuff anymore. Right. So I'm going to do it from here. I want to yeah. know you're okay, but I can't be any more part of trying to make you well. I will pray for you. And I love you. Right. And I'm here. And I can't heal you, you know? Yeah. And such a great revelation to get or that aha moment or it's um, I, I've had enough moment. And that is when you get to the place as the friend or the, or the partner spouse where you say, and when we get to the spouse, it gets sticky, but still the principle is true that I recognize that it is unhealthy for me and you for me to remain in this relationship the way that it is that me loving you should not look like me enabling you, me tolerating you or acquiescing to you. That if I'm starting to have anxiety and panic attacks and tears and I'm irritable and I, I am on the end of broken promises and mm. lies and borderline abusive behaviors to me, if my self-esteem or my freedom is starting to be taken from me and I find myself internally struggling with depression or apathy or complacency, it is most definitely time to step back, draw some boundaries, do, do, do a evaluation on yourself and be ruthlessly honest as if you're the only one that's going to see the answers to these questions. But is this healthy? Do, is my self-esteem growing? Am I drawing closer to God? Do I feel nurtured, loved, and mutually edified in this relationship? Is it sustainable? And you know, answer some of those questions. Right, right. And um, and know that it's righteousness to you to, in a godly way, draw the boundary that says, "I will, I will love you, and I will be." responsible to you, but not responsible for you. I will act mature. I will act godly. I will not violate scripture or become lawless because I'm angry at you. So I'll be responsible, but I'm not responsible for you. Your happiness, your healing, your future, your decision-making, that's on you. And I can't keep carrying you. Right. I, ha I have to release you to the one who can actually do something for you. That's really good. That's really good. Uh, Powerful. 
powerful, not easy. Not easy. No. But really very, 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 actually, it almost, it, it's not almost, it is necessary for both, for that to happen, for the health of both people. Right. But mostly for yourself. Because really, you have to, at some point in that relationship, I think you have to go, okay, now, I really can only do what I can do for me. And doing that, that will help them get free. Mm -hmm. I can do what I can to help them get free. What they do with that, that's their journey. I can't heal them and make them whole, right? Right. No, you can't. And so, you know, somebody might be asking, well, you know, so how? How do we how do we get out of this relationship or how do we take the first few steps? And um, I think that, you know, again, always go back to the word of God. It's our rule for life. You know, it's our guidebook. It, it tells us. And I remember, you know, not too long ago here within the last 10 days asking the Lord, you know, Jesus, what do I do about this situation? And he says, you know, follow my word. What does my word tell you to do? And then I, and I know, know what the word told me. So I wrote that down. He's like, then do that. And, you know, the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. The Bible tells us to be willing to talk to that person, not, not silence. He doesn't say, you know, coldness or silence or those things, you know, but speaking. So it requires a very courageous brave conversation with the person where you may even want to think about getting a mediator if you think it's going to escalate someone who's in the middle that that is not you know on either side and depending on what your outcome is if you want that relationship to continue you want that relationship to be restored and and you want it to become healthy then you share that hope and you say this is such an important relationship to me and you are so important. I want this to be healthy. I want us to experience what God really wants for us as friends or as a couple. But I think in order for, I know in order for us to get there, in order for that to happen, we have to have some healing and some wholeness and I can't do it for you, but I'm going to have to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Be willing to listen but ask that they listen to you as well. Share the hopeful outcome that you have in mind, and then perhaps some steps that will help us get there, a strategy. But yes. if it's not a relationship that should continue, and if it's a relationship that has to, has to be ended, you do it the same way. You speak the truth in love, and, you, and then you draw that very hard boundary that says... I'm not able to be in a relationship with you right now. That doesn't mean that I don't care. I will continue to pray for you. Although, you know what? I know some people who have had to give people over to the Lord and just say, I can't even pray for them because that right. keeps a soul tie there. And I need to have a complete break. So God, I give them to you. I trust you with them. You love them more than I could ever love them. And I'm going to break this soul tie which is, a, which is a knitting of two souls that shouldn't be knit together. It's unhealthy, which by the way, spiritually speaking, toxic relationships always include a soul tie. Really? That's very interesting. We'll have to talk about that in another, yeah. another <laughs> That's a whole big thing right there. 
Yeah, um, it is. There are lots of different soul ties. I was just reading about that today. So that's oh, an wow. interesting topic. So yeah. Right. Um, so bottom line, you know, if you find yourself in a relationship that's really, really challenging you and making you feel less than in every way, and like you are responsible for the health and well-being of this other person, emotionally, physically, spiritually, what would you say, Don, to a woman sitting across from you? If there are people listening right now, right now, today, what would you say? First of all, you know, I just remind them that they're not God, you know, that, that, that don't have the, the savior complex, that it might be out of your own need to be needed or your need to fix. Mm. Or you may be in a relationship because somehow you're trying to rectify some past wound as a, as a little child where you saw, you felt abandonment and now you just, you don't want to quit on them because you just don't want them to experience abandonment or somehow you're trying to rewrite a script that, that happened long ago. You need to relinquish all of the wrong reasons, all of the, the things that you would be hanging on to for and remind yourself of all the reasons why it's right to let God take over that that's how you love them best. That's how they're going to only find true healing is when you do that. That's the only hope of a sustainable friendship that brings health to both of you. And so it, focus on the right reasons to release them instead of the wrong reasons to keep going the way you're going. They're right. going to survive. They're going to live. They're going to make it. And that's between them and God. You release the responsibility for them and the results of their choices, their own, um, you know, what's the word that I'm looking for? This happens to me sometimes. Um, consequences. 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 Quit trying to pad them or take, absorb the consequences for them. And so let God be God all by himself. And can you trust God to love them and take care of them? And can you love yourself enough to rid yourself from this toxicity that's keeping you from your destiny, that's holding you back from being all that God wants you to be, that could possibly be a massive distraction for you in doing and going where God wants you to be. And don't allow yourself to let people just plant. Think of your heart as a garden. Think of your life as a garden. Ooh, and you don't let anybody just plant any kind of seed in your garden. You, you hedge it about. You put a fence around you. Those are boundaries that's good. so that you can produce the fruit that God wants you to produce. All of a sudden, you're going to grow something and it's bitter and it's poison and it's, you're going to go, where did that come from? Well, it's not even my seed. Yeah. Not yeah. even your that's stuff. That's really good. Yeah, that's so good. Yay. Yeah. Yeah, you know me. I do good pictures, so. <laughs> okay, that's good. a really, really, really good way of looking at it, right there. But what are you letting people put into your soil to to go, to plant, you know, in you? Um, yeah, how to keep your garden? We need to write that. Five tips on how to keep your garden clean and you know. Um, Free from the little foxes, yes. Yeah, the little, you know, things that get in there, you know. 
snails and <laughs> so it's gone really good. Yeah, well, hallelujah. Praise God. So so that's what it's like for toxic relationships. Hopefully this has helped somebody. And if they want to know more about it, certainly they can check on your website all about how to overcome trauma. Where did, where would they find that? That's at um, ptsdperspectives.org.org. A lot of stuff on there about this exact sort of thing. So, yeah. Yep. And then you, Miss Dawn Scott Damon, um, dot com. And um, so check that out. A lot of stuff there, as well as freedomgirlsisterhood.com um, to find out what you're talking about as well. So, yeah. And I think this would be a great time to plug the Freedom Challenge too. If you're listening today or watching and you've not, done the 60 day freedom challenge. I would so encourage you to do that. It's 60 days of immersion in the word of God, where we do exactly what we were talking about, renewing the mind, not only what you think about, but the way you think your brain is rewired. And that's where healing comes from. You've done it for 60 days. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm trying so not to sound like you know, like a rah rah shish bomb, but this book is so it so changed my life, yeah. and I'm still I haven't finished it yet. I've it's, been I've shit once the first time I went through it, but I'm back through it. I'm taking my time going through it. This book is rich. There is stuff in the soil here. Yes, right. You really want to just kind of bury yourself in it for a while, and and just um. You can do the book, the Bible study in the prescribed time, but I know not just me, actually, there's a few other people I'm doing it with who are going through it over again, just because there's such good stuff in there. It's, yes. It absolutely, absolutely will bring you freedom. There's freedom and truth. Truth brings freedom. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. Like us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and review us. And if you'd like to leave us a note, find us on the Freedom Girls Sisterhood Facebook page or any social media at Dawn Scott Damon. As always, live a fierce, full, and free life because it's freedom time.